What's up, NBA fans? We are running down to the last two months of the NBA season. Here we go. We've got the beginning of what I'm going to coin play-in game mania. It's the contest of which teams are going to make the new play-in game for the final two playoff spots in each uh, conference and we'll break down those contestants here we're talking injured injured players who are also coming back for the second half of the season could be some big difference makers here big deal of forgetful trade deadline edition as we near the trade deadline there's going to be some trades happening and some already happened and of course oklahoma city was one of those teams and of course hot teams sinking teams and the best and worst performances of the week but first we got to talk the trade that just went down with Oklahoma City Thunder trading for yet again another pick. So that bears the first trivia question here for you, Sean, of the week. How many first round picks do, does the Oklahoma City Thunder now have for the next seven years? <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one, Alan. I mean, that's something we should know, right? Because it is crazy how many picks they've acquired. Not just first rounders, but second rounders, too exactly i'll make it easy oh, this question is only pertaining to first round picks so yeah yeah only first round picks in the next seven years in the next seven years i'm gonna say 15 Ooh, that's that's kind of close it's kind of close <laughs> it's uh it's 19 first round 19 picks. good grief dude <laughs> Good grief, Charlie Brown. Yeah. That's a lot of picks. <laughs> 19 picks for the Oklahoma City Thunders, a franchise that's literally, you know, taking as many chances as they possibly can and really trying to improve the odds in their favor when it comes to potentially picking up a, a star in the first round. And if it goes, if it adds any more effect, they have 16 second round picks to go alongside those God. 19. So the insane <laughs> if thing they is they don't trade for two superstars with those picks. I'm going to be so upset. You can't just draft players with all that as picks. That's so that's so ridiculous. This is enough roster spots for the Oklahoma City primary team and a secondary team. And <laughs> yeah, you can start sending them to the G League too. <laughs> yeah. You could have a third a third tier league tie that has ties to the Oklahoma City oh Thunder with all these picks they're about to have. So insane. And they there's this draft class in 2021 is looking real strong. Mm -hmm. And we're seeing big performances both on the college end and the G League end uh from that from that Ignite team. That they are going to parlay that into something good this year. I have a feeling. Yeah, and especially we got March Madness starting up this week, later this week. So we'll get a look at some of the dudes that Oklahoma City could potentially add onto their rosters, but Let's jump right into it. We got a bunch of injured players coming back for the second half of the year. The names, the big names are CJ McCall and Carice LeVert, Christian Wood, uh, Kevin Love, Aaron Gordon also playing some games, and Joseph Nurkic potentially on his way in the next couple of weeks. But for me, Christian Wood's performance stands out right away from the start. <laughs> 20 and 9 on 26 minutes of playing. This is for a Rockets team that has won not a single game since he's left <laughs> and we were just chatting about this they're 11 and 10 at the start of the year before christian wood came down with Unreal. this severe ankle sprain and have completely changed they've even you know demarcus cousins is gone the team is basic the starting lineup <laughs> three of those dudes came out came from the g league and you got victor Alipo in and out of the lineup and John Wall out of the lineup right now. So Christian Wood comes back in a Rockets jersey, but the dudes around him are essentially <laughs> the guys he hasn't played with. 
Yeah, it's like he got traded again, honestly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, great performance from him coming off of this injury. I mean, it's very easy to be super rusty. I mean, we saw it with CJ McCollum in his first game back. He played for about 26 minutes also, but he was 3 of 11 shooting, I believe, and really didn't contribute a lot on the floor, but I'm sure it just it provided a good morale boost for the team. And you know, I was hoping for Christian Wood, it would be the same for this Rockets team, but... And they're just so used to losing at this point. I don't, I don't think that it's going to just take Christian Wood being back on the floor for them to actually get a win. This is historic losing that they're doing right now. And it's going to take some more heroic efforts that we were used to seeing from Wood in the first half of the year. Well, I guess in the first quarter of the year mm-hmm. um, to, to actually see this team get a win. But I do think that, I mean, the front office is fine with it because they want a high pick, but... Uh, because I think their pick is one through four protected this year. Yeah. So if they can get a top four pick, they're actually not going to be too sad about it. I mean, the players might, but the front office is totally fine with it. Here's a crazy thing that I also found out while doing, I was trying to figure out and confirm if, if, if their pick was truly top four protected. And it is. Yeah. But they, the Rockets actually haven't had a first round draft pick of theirs since 2015, since Sam Decker. Oh, wow. I, I did I couldn't believe that. And I had to double check. And yeah, it's true. This team has yeah. just been consistently, you know, swinging for a playoff spot or, or obviously deep on at the top of the standings mm-hmm. for a long time. And they definitely want to get a good pick, I, I would think, this year. So, uh, I mean, they're going to roll with Christian Wood. And I just keep hoping for my fantasy team's sake. He keeps putting up big numbers, <laughs> even if they result in losses. But at this point, Christian Wood is the biggest dude on the roster uh, I, I, the numbers are going to look absurd. I think, uh, knock on wood, no pun intended. <laughs> he <Yeah>. stays healthy. <laughs> yeah, no, hopefully he does. I mean, he's, he's a fan favorite of the podcast. And I think in, in general, a lot of NBA fans truly love watching Christian Wood play and, and seeing this guy really become such a good player. I mean, and also another fan favorite, Carice Levert that mm-hmm. you mentioned, I mean, man, this guy, what he's gone through in his career. I mean, m- multiple season ending injuries, um, with, with the mass on, on his kidney that he had to deal with and came back way earlier than anyone expected. That is truly admirable. Res- so much respect goes Curious Levert's way. He goes right back into the starting lineup, plays pretty solid minutes for them. Uh, they're, they're still losing, uh, the Pacers are, by uh, some significant yeah. margins, but it is really good to see him back on the floor and start to mesh with this team. And I think between him and having Brogdon and Sabonis on the floor, we're going to see brighter days ahead for this Pacers team. Although, I mean, we talked about this last podcast, so they might be more of sellers at the trade deadline rather than buyers with where they're at in the standings and and looking at the competition on top of them right now. Yeah, this is a much needed, hopefully some sort of relief to give them a little boost because they're two and eight right now. Uh, this team hasn't really experienced back-to-back wins in months now. Um, the win, both of those wins are separated by a week. Like (laughs) they're, they won and then they (laughs) win a whole string of games losing and they lost again tonight, uh, against the, against a Brooklyn Nets team without Kyrie and Durant. Uh, fortunately for them though, with this play in tournament, they might be a contestant in there. They still got a shot, but obviously you got the Raptors who also, are coming in hot in the Atlanta Hawks and the Celtics, Knicks and Bulls, other ones, but Carice Lever might be able to help them. But yeah, I mean, they got it. They, they are at crossroads, but they might be uh, sellers and look to, to bolster the, the roster somehow and, and, and play the cards next year and beyond. 
Yeah. And how do you feel about Kevin Love returning for one game, then playing two minutes of the next game and being like, I'm not ready? <laughs> I think is it, this is this like a how how do you take that? I don't know. I think the, the best answer for that is is something that actually did happen is Colin Sexton liking a tweet calling the Kevin Love contract the biggest theft in NBA history. <laughs> <laughs> from his own teammate uh i don't think he's actually rebuttaled against once people have found out that he'd like that obviously doesn't take very long for social media hey, maybe savvy he's just people. happy for his friend kevin love getting 30 million dollars a year real easily yeah and he's gonna get that money for the next couple years yeah uh i mean it's frustrating he was he was one of the fantasy picks that i made uh, a swinger pick for for my for my team and <laughs> As soon as I saw him back the first game, I was like, yeah, this is not going to work out. He looks he looked terrible the first game. He had no lift. Uh, the Pelicans kept throwing the ball to Zion to take him one-on-one, and he did every single time. Uh, so yeah. is Kevin Love potential trade bait? I don't know, man. That number is so high, and the way he's been uh, looking is trade awful. Bait. Or uh, trade yeah, material. If, yeah. if anything, I'd think that he'd be a buyout candidate. Because no one's going to want him at this point. And I, I mean, maybe he's still dealing with a lot of mental struggles. Uh, I know that was definitely something he was struggling with before. And, and I hope that's something that he, he's starting to get better with. And hopefully this is just a physical thing. Like he just doesn't feel ready to play NBA basketball. But it is very concerning to be like, okay, I'm ready to play. And then all of a sudden the next day be like, no, I'm not ready anymore. Yeah, it's very, very red flag. Uh, and same thing with Aaron Gordon, too. We saw Aaron Gordon play, I think it was the first game back from the All-Star break. Right. And now he hasn't played in the last few games for the Magic. And I'm, I'm not sure if that's because his injury flared up again. Or do you know anything about that? I mean, uh, you've probably yeah. following Aaron Gordon, too. You have a few guys on this list that have been on your fantasy team, <laughs> this unfortunately. Is, yeah, well, Aaron Gordon, you know, for him, relative to his other years, started off okay. Uh, better, better than most. I mean, he... Obviously, the Magic are trying to force him to play that three wing where he's taking threes and taking outside shots, kind of like a point forward type deal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I mean, he played. He looked. He looked well. I mean, not great, but he looked well um, the first half of the year. But yeah, this injury kind of took him down. He didn't look very good on his first game back, but he took a rest and apparently went through full practice yesterday. So the hope is that he plays tomorrow. So I wouldn't mm. quite say Aaron Gordon's on Kevin Love level. Uh, in terms of physical, but I mean, we'll see. We'll see what, how he looks like this next game. He was on a clear minute minute restriction in the first game, but you know, on the other side, the coin to me, Kevin Love really looks like physically done. Like he just does not look like he gets any lift off yeah. out of his legs anymore. It's just sad. That he's not that old. No, like he should still be able to play, but you know, it, uh, everyone's different, right? Yeah. When, when your time comes, you you kind of know and. And maybe this is the last we see of Kevin Love, honestly. I hate to say it, but I just don't know if he can get to the point where he's ready to play NBA basketball again. I think for this year, we might have seen the end of it already. And I think he stays on this Cavs roster, Cavs roster and I think we they'll try again next year. Maybe they can try to move him in the summer, but I don't think he's leaving the Cavs. I don't think anybody's going to bite and oh, yeah. make a move. Right. They'd have to buy him out and he'd have to agree to it, but... He's not good. I, yeah, there's just, just I mean, there's, he doesn't really fit into their plans, right? I mean, yeah. you have Sexton, Garland, and you have Jared Allen, and now Larry Nance Jr. Like, you don't need him, you know? Like, he's he's kind of that old guard, the the last remnants of LeBron James. Yeah. Everyone else was not there when LeBron was there. It was just Kevin Love. Well, 
Got CD Osman. Don't forget about that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not a big investment. Yeah, but he wasn't part of the championship run. Yeah, he was part of the later 2018 team. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's true. Yeah, I just don't see Kevin Love getting bought out. I really don't see it. I, I don't think the Cavs... I don't think they can come to an agreement. I don't really think the Cavs franchise would be willing to fork over that much upfront cash. Mm-hmm. And I honestly don't think Kevin Love wants to wants out of that contract bad enough. At least it doesn't seem like it. But yeah. we'll see. I see this mm-hmm. going all the way into the summer, potentially, where he gets moved. Yeah, yeah. No, I think you're right. But then we have a few guys that are still on the horizon, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Kevin Durant, who, man, they have really been chilling on Kevin Durant. Yeah. And they are really in no hurry to do so because they're winning so many games, <laughs> not even needing Kyrie Irving in some of them. Like, just they're basically playing Houston Rockets basketball give it to James Harden, get out of the way. And that wins you regular season games. Yeah. And the way the Eastern conference is playing out, like the Nets might only just need a couple more weeks of winning basketball <laughs> and they could completely just put a pause on their right. year I mean, and float yeah, into the playoffs. are six games ahead. Yeah. They're six games ahead of the entire conference. Yeah. And an ideal situation, you activate Kevin Durant in the first game of the first round series <laughs> and you're totally fine. The dude is obviously if arguably one of the best players in the league. Uh, so I think I'm not worried about the Nets or Kevin Durant here. Yeah, you're, you're not you're not worried about them needing to gel their three stars together. I mean, we've only really seen them play what a handful of games together. Yeah, I mean, there's that's definitely a good argument. But um, heck, I mean, these guys are so smart. I think they can figure it out. And I think they can they can get all they need is a is to win the Eastern Conference Finals. And the finals, I think those are going to truly be the two series they need to dial in. I think the first and second round for these guys is <laughs> seems, still a warm up for yeah, them. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to still be a warm up, exactly. Uh, I think yeah, the we'll bi- see. We'll see. Yeah, I think a bigger deal than than Kevin Durant is Anthony Davis. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. the Lakers have been fortunate enough to still be hanging to the third seed. You know, they pick up some. They picked up some clutch wins, even games that have come down to the wire, including against the Timberwolves. Just a couple of days ago, for that game for the most part was close, but you know, they won by like sixteen points. Well, Is that close to you? <laughs> it was close. It was close through most of the game, but yeah, they pulled away in the fourth. Yeah, yeah, I think the point being is, you know, despite them not being dominant and clearly being the more talented team most nights, like most nights, it seems like you know if it it's got to be LeBron and a couple Lakers Lakers getting hot uh, to to pull yeah. off the win and. They need Anthony Davis back, I think, to hang on a little, mm-hmm. to hang on to a to a for you know to a top one to a top top four seed in the West. Yeah, no, I agree, and but I mean they're kind of taking the same approaches with Kevin Durant with the Nets. They just want to be super cautious with Anthony Davis because they don't really need him for most of the regular season to just coast by and just win a few games and just keep seed. Because they know that once Anthony Davis comes back, they're they're back to being the Western Conference favorite. Mm-hmm. Because right now it's pretty wide open with the Jazz and the Suns up there right now. And you got the, the Nuggets and, and the Blazers really starting to come back to life. The West looks very even now with, with where things are. But when the Lakers get Anthony Davis back, it really just throws that balance out of it. And the Lakers end up being the overwhelming favorite. So I, I understand it. But I do feel like he needs to come back sooner than Kevin Durant comes back. But, I mean, we don't really know. Like, maybe this injury is more severe than we first thought it was. Um, 
Yeah. I don't know. Anthony Davis does have struggles with injuries in the past, so that's yeah. something to keep in mind. Yeah, and I think that's the big worry here is like this might be a little bit more rough than we think it is or that or as or the Lakers lead on to be and you know, I think they're being extremely cautious cuz if Anthony Davis comes down with like some big injury, you know, and we got to lose the rest mm-hmm. of this year and part of next year, that's a total blow Ugh. to the whole Laker vision and everything all the chips oh, yeah. they put in for this guy <laughs> trying to win two at least two more titles while lebron's still alive in the league you know like yeah exactly he's still he's still playing high level basketball for another two or three years that's that's your window right now yeah exactly all it's all in on anthony since they made that trade for anthony davis it, it was all in for this laker franchise and that would be a devastating blow so i i i, I definitely understand the, the side of caution uh, but it would be nice to get this guy back in this tough West. I think the Lakers have it a little bit more tough night in and night out than the Brooklyn Nets do on the Western Conference. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. But if LeBron keeps putting up these triple doubles in 30 minutes every game, it's going to be a lot easier, though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so looking down at the standings on a different tier, we got Jaron Jackson Jr. for Memphis. Uh, I mean, no <laughs> word from this guy. And and then we also got oh DeAndre Hunter for the Atlanta Hawks, a little head of schedule for after that uh, in knee injury that he got. I mean, looking at these two dudes, Sean, who 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 needs a body back more badly? Yeah, Memphis, Memphis <laughs> needs it back. I mean, we're gonna talk about the Hawks later because they are just. I don't even know what's going on with them right now. Things are going crazy for them, but Memphis. With Jaron Jackson Jr. I mean, he's on my fantasy team, so this is why it's really choking me up right now. (laughs) I drafted this guy thinking, oh, he'll be back in like two months. Now here we are like five months later, and he should have came back by now. And they're like, yeah, we don't know when he's coming back. Check back in in April. (laughs) It's like, where is this guy? What is he doing? (laughs) Like, he's been injured since last August. Like, what is happening? And there, there's literally nothing. There's no direct news on when Jaron Jackson Jr. is coming back. He's a straight-up ghost. <laughs> he, he's ghosting the entire league, and Memphis is just barely hanging on when they're winning games. In the meantime, I mean, John Moran, Jonas Valanciunas playing very good basketball, and they're, they're getting some good contributions from their role players to keep at 500. But Jaron Jackson Jr. makes this a, a competitive team. This yeah. guy's very good. And he's nowhere to be found. It is confounding. I have no idea what's happening with this guy. Yeah, I think if you're trying to follow news on him the whole season. Yeah, I think if you're Memphis, you probably like to think that with Jaron Jackson Jr., you're right there where the Spurs are at 21 wins right now. Uh, Yeah. I mean, that's essentially where they were hanging through all of last year. So you get a player like him, pair him alongside Valanciunas, who's also been playing really well outside of that big gap where he got mm-hmm. COVID, but <laughs> right. <laughs> no one played well in that, that period. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I mean, John kind of John Moran, honestly, like I thought this was going to be a coming out. Everything that Zach Levine is doing is what I thought John Morant would be mm-hmm. doing, or at least at that same stage. Yeah. And he's not you, there. You see guys going, yeah, you, you've heard of like the sophomore slump. That's it's yeah. definitely a thing for some guys. It's hard, you know, like, You've been figured out a little bit in the league. You got to you gotta level up your game. Yeah, exactly. And I, and I think it also doesn't help that Memphis just on the guard side. I mean, they got some good guard role players, but, they it do, just, yeah. but they're just not consistent. It seems like it's like a roulette of who's going to have a big night. Dylan Brooks, yeah. Grayson Allen. 
uh, Delonte DeAnthony Melton. Yeah, DeAnthony Melton. That's his name. <laughs> just cut all these random randos uh, having big nights. Uh, yeah, they they need to stick to a more of a nine man rotation, I think, because they are like I feel like the coaching staff is trying to figure out like which one of these guys is gonna be like hitting for us tonight. Exactly. None of them, if you play them all 18 minutes, like you got to stick to one guy and play him like 25 to 30 minutes and then they can actually show you something, but you're not going to get anything playing them. It's just short bursts against each other. And yeah, Jaron Jackson Jr. coming back would solve a lot of those problems, obviously. But dude, he might never come back. I have no idea where this guy is. Yeah. Who, who knows? Uh, on the other side, DeAndre Hunter way ahead of schedule could potentially play tomorrow, tomorrow, Thursday, but it looks unlikely regardless. The fact alone that he's coming back within the next, this week alone uh, is huge, especially for a Hawks team that was struggling a bit, but yeah, has just now caught fire the last couple of weeks. Uh, And they have yet to play all their off season acquisitions and, and dudes that were already on the team together at the same time with Rondo, Gallinari, uh, Bojan uh, or Bogdan, um, Chris Dunn. Chris Dunn. Yeah, and Hunter was yeah. one of those pieces that just kind of came out of the gates firing this year, really taking a leap. Yeah. So he will be a nice addition for this Hawks team. I'm sure they're excited to get him back. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm excited to see him back. It was really cool to see him break out this year. And I don't think anyone really expected DeAndre Hunter to make that push to to be like a very good player in the league already. Mm-hmm. But he he carved out a good role for himself, and he's he's been a solid player. I, I like I like seeing DeAndre Hunter play. So, not my fantasy team anymore, but I'm still rooting for him. <laughs> yeah, he's on mine, but you know I'm excited to get this guy <laughs> back, of course. But I mean that's a good transition into what I think will be an ongoing segment in this uh, yeah. in this podcast is the play in game mania. Uh, it's interesting. So I did not know how to the extent this was expanded. I think I read about it at the start of the year and just kind of not really thought about it. But yeah. here's, here's a quick recap. So essentially, the 7th, 8th, ninth, and 10th seed are all eligible for this playing game mini tournament. So the first rounds being 7th seed versus 8th seed, ninth seed versus 10th seed. The winner of mm-hmm. the 7 versus 8, you're in the playoffs. That's it. You get the 7th seed. The loser of that game being the eight seed gets to play against the winner of the nine versus 10 and then eight versus either nine or 10 play for that final playoff spot. So essentially Mm -hmm. if you're the 10 seed, you went back to back games, you jump to the eight seed and you're in the playoffs. (laughs) It's kind of crazy. So like the eights, there's like no point in trying to make the eight seed at this point in this game, Mm -hmm. but either way it's like, it, it just makes it interesting in that now the the reason to play extends all the way down to the potential 10 seed or in some cases it goes six to uh six to eleven in the eastern conference if you've got the hawks uh the celtics the knicks the bulls the pacers and the raptors and maybe a long shot here but the cavaliers potentially could all make this play-in <laughs> tournament on the Eastern Conference. Yeah, it's still up for grabs, yeah. Yeah, and on the Western Conference, you got the Spurs, Dallas Warriors, Grizzlies, and Pelicans, who I consider really the true contestants for this. Um, I mean, OKC, I guess you can make an argument, has got a long shot, but I doubt they're going to go for uh, it. <laughs> they're trying to lose. These trade deadline moves, they're trying to lose. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, at this point, Sean, who, 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 do you, who are your early picks to make this tournament here 
Uh, it's a tough one, man. It is crazy to see the Celtics in this list. Honestly, that <laughs> it has been a rough year for these Celtics only playing 500 basketball with two mm-hmm. all-stars on your team, man. What are you doing? It's like the old Washington wizards with wall and Beal. Yeah, exactly. Oh man. I have to think that the Celtics are going to find a way to get the six seed and the Hawks are going to be the seven seed. And oh man, on the outside looking in, I, I hate to say it, but I think one of the, the Pacers or the Raptors is going to be a team that doesn't even get a chance in the play-in tournament because I think they're going to end up being sellers at the trade deadline. And these, these young up-and-coming teams, the Knicks and the Bulls, they've been fighting all year, and they've been playing great basketball, and I don't see that changing. And so you are going to see a little bit of a changing of the guard here. The Pacers or the Raptors aren't going to make it. My money's on the Raptors, personally. They just, it's just not their year. Yikes. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to agree with all of that, except for the Raptors pick. I think it's actually going to be the Pacers looking mm. playing out of this. Yeah, I could see it. I mean, the, the, see, the thing is the Pacers are getting Curry's liver back, right? He's back in the lineup, but the Raptors aren't getting anybody yeah. back. Like th- they've been playing with their full team. And granted, yes, COVID did take quite a hit on them in the last few weeks which i mean you can't really blame them for that or can you if they were being not careful i don't know but tampa bay I the just tampa bay night yeah it's like i mean they have to be looking at themselves right now at this point in the season it's like man we are 40 game we have only 30 games left granted that that's a lot but all these other teams ahead of them just have looked consistently better than them for like the whole season. Siakam has not looked himself. This is the guy who was supposed to be the leader of their team. Trade deadlines looming. If they move Lowry for picks or like a young player, it just makes their odds a lot lower. I think. Yeah. And if they, if, because if they actively go to like, this is not the team that we can contend with, we need to make something happen. And they do get rid of either like Norman Powell or Kyle Lowry, then I think for sure that this is the 11th seed. Yeah. I think that trade deadline is going to be a huge X factor, more so for the Raptors uh, than the Pacers. I just got to have, I think I have faith that this Raptors is going to, this Raptors team is going to hold on and scrap, just be scrappy and get their, get themselves there. I also don't know if, Kyle Lowry will ultimately be moved. I'm starting to have my doubts here. I'm not sure if there's really, I don't know. I'm just not really seeing a package that I think the Raptors would love. Yeah, I, I know teams I mean, would just want Kyle Lowry. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, a lot of teams would love Kyle Lowry. Yeah. He's still a great player, but yeah, he is expensive. So mm-hmm. it will be hard to put a package together, but yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe Norman Powell though. Norman Norman Powell his, would be his nice. value his value is sky high right now I, the way yeah, he's been playing it's i almost would rather keep norman powell and and maybe you try to move Kyle or you i don't yeah, know it's it's a, rather, it's a mess but it's, man you i bet you could get a good deal for norman powell right now oh like, yeah like yeah because he's gonna be expensive next year because he's on an expiring contract this right. year he's gonna be expensive like fred van fleet expensive and it's like, are you? Is this who you want, or do you think you can do better? Uh, I think that's definitely what they're th- asking themselves right now. It's like, shoot, like, is Norman Powell gonna keep this up? You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's a big one, and 
we're let's just keep seeing what happens as everything unravels here. Uh, and yeah, then what next, about the West side for you? Yeah. Um, do you, how do you see the, the West panning out? The West isn't quite as, you know, it's not quite the, the bundle of cluster as it is on the Eastern conference. I mean, yeah. I, I, I like the, these teams that I put here, Spurs, Dallas, Warriors, Grizzlies. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, the, I think to me, the two that are potentially not going to be, could potentially not be here between either one of these two is the Grizzlies and Pelicans. The Pelicans mm. keep throwing away games. Like they oh keep throwing gosh, away games do. in absurd, <laughs> in absurd manners. Like obviously they just, yeah. this is recency bias also kind of kicking in, but I've seen some, a bunch of Pelicans games where they totally just blow <laughs> it at the end and none, and none stand out more than that Portland game earlier this mm-hmm. week. Just total oh, back-to-back yeah. fouls. The Portland Trailblazers won this game on the free throw line, came back. <laughs> they didn't even have to make a shot. Uh, it, yeah, it's it's pretty despicable. And it, I don't think it is just recency bias for you. I, I think the Pelicans are just this inexperienced and not clutch. Mm-hmm. They, they're not ready for that level of play at the end of the game. They, they've proven it time and time again this year. Like They have the talent, but they're just not ready to close. Right, and the Grizzlies... May not be the most talented team, more it can't, are less talented than the Pelicans, but I mean at least they have an identity. They're scrappy and they run their offense <laughs> through John Morant that does yeah. ridiculous things in the air. And Jonasville is, you know, Jonas is just holding down the the line and mm-hmm. playing like a freaking real life grizzly bear out there. Uh, <laughs> yes, <laughs> but the Pelicans, they just don't know who they what they want to do. I mean. And it doesn't help that they have guys like Eric Bledsoe, who also, you know, probably my least favorite player in the league right now, just kind of takes control <laughs> of the offense when he's when he should not be when you have Zion. And I don't understand why yeah. this team, it seems like they still play off Brandon Ingram being the first option uh, and any of these dudes in the wings being a second option. And yeah. and then Zion being a, a third, like it doesn't make sense, like why this team isn't more aggressively playing through through Zion, I think Brandon Ingram, it's been clear and cut that he's a talented player, but I think he's the second option on this team by now. Yeah, I think a lot of people have noticed that and noticed that Eric Bledsoe is not a good fit on this team. No. And what I think the difference is between Pelicans and Grizzlies is discipline. Right. Memphis just seems like such a more disciplined team. And I'm not sure if it, it's the culture. I mean, they, I mean, obviously, they've had a very storied last decade with Mike Conley, Marcus Saul Grizzlies. And there's a lot of history there, but with the Pelicans, it's really been a lot of turmoil. You know, you had the Anthony Davis years. You didn't really accomplish a lot with the Grizzlies. You you have that storied franchise where you're like, I'm coming into something that can be something, you know, if that kind of makes sense. It's yeah. not, not the, the, <laughs> the best worded, but I don't know. I think, I think Memphis just seems like a more disciplined team. And they're able to actually compete when they need to, whereas the Pelicans just tighten up when yeah. they need to actually make a play happen. Yeah, no, I think I think that makes sense. I think we're saying the same thing. Where yeah, the Grizzlies are not talented, but they at least know that, and it seems like they accept that. And they're just <laughs> scrappy defense, defensive team. Uh, I mean, they're not a high score, and like it just seems like the Pelicans trade guys. Like Josh Hart will be for some reason take more shots and or take just as many shots as Zion sometimes. <laughs> or Lonzo will take yeah. more shots and and again they then you have a guy like Lonzo who's also up very up and down. Eric Bledsoe very up and down. 
Um, I mean, Stephen Adams is just Stephen Adams. He seems to be the only consistent guy. <laughs> He's <laughs> kind of washed, honestly, though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh, I mean, it's 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 a rough team. They're t- talented for sure, but I could see them being the team out out of the play playing game tournament. Yeah, I mean, and you have to think like if Jaron Jackson does come back in the next month, I'll, I'll say optimistically he comes back in like one month because it's just ridiculous. Like maybe that's that gives you but like another fifteen games with Jaron Jackson Jr. and the Pelicans don't have that guy you can just insert into the lineup and make your team better. So I think the Pelicans are going to hold on here. What's well, going to be interesting with the Warriors though? Mm-hmm. How hurt is Steph Curry with yep. his tailbone contusion that he just sustained tonight? I hope it's not bad, but I don't really know a lot about how those injuries work. So I don't know how long he's going to be out for, but if it's any extended period of time, we might be talking about the Warriors taking a little bit of a hit here for a while. The Warriors are going to go for those for back-to-back top five picks in this first round. That's what they're doing. <laughs> they're going about to nosedive, get the number four and the number five pick oh, this year. Oh no, that would be crazy. <laughs> That would be crazy, but it, that would mean that the Timberwolves would actually have to win some games, though, right? <laughs> That's true. Or they just have the insane, the most insane amount of bad luck, uh, right? Because they can still, yeah, they can still fall out of the the top three with the new rules, I believe. Yeah, they could. They could. It would have to be very unlucky, though. Yeah, it would have to be insanely <laughs> unlucky, or extremely lucky for the Warriors on the other side. But anyways, yeah, dude. <laughs> not that that's realistic, but just just a random thought that maybe that's what's going through Bob Myers head as he's as they try oh, to find yeah, out how, yeah, how badly hurt Steph Curry is. <laughs> yeah, he's rubbing his hands together, just hoping. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, moving on from there, let's go big dealer forgetful trade deadline edition. The Thunder made this move uh, trade uh, Diallo for Steve Mikhailu in a 2027 second round pick. Trevor Reza is on his way to Miami for Miles Leonard and the 2027 oh. second round pick. All it took was Trevor Reza uh, for Miami to get rid of the PR nightmare that is Miles Leonard and a second <laughs> round pick. Uh, but, uh, you know, enough on that. Who, uh. Big deal and forgetful here. Who, 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 who wins this trade? Does anybody win this trade? Does it even matter? Uh, I guess Sam Presti does because he gets to just bathe in a few more <laughs> a few more second round picks that he acquires there yeah he just he just can't get enough i feel like it's an addiction at this point it's kind of concerning <laughs> but it's 2027 picks too it's like 2027 you literally traded hamadou diallo for a seventh grader <laughs> like <laughs> yeah yeah and a seventh like that. grader that's not even he's probably like a, a three-star recruit seventh grader mm-hmm. at this point it's like it's a second round pick from the pistons man this is not going to be a good pick but yeah i think none of these are very big deal at all i mean they're they're all very forgetful except for the fact that i mean it's very clear that the Miami Heat were very thankful to get rid of Myers Leonard. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, that that's just a very sticky situation there. He should definitely know better making remarks like he did. And I mean, this is just that's the that's the consequences, you know? He's got to own up to it and I hope he learns from it, honestly. I mean, yeah. Yeah, that that's all I got to take from that one. Yep. The consequences is you get shipped from Miami Beach to Oklahoma City. Yeah, to Oklahoma City. <laughs> but then now he's not he's probably not even going to play basketball. No. 
I, and who's gonna pick him up next year? Like I, maybe someone will give him a second chance if if he shows that he's really changed his mindset on things and, and comes out a, a better person. But yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough sledding for him. I, I think his NBA career might be over. Which whatever. <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, it, regardless of those things, I mean, those things definitely play into account. But Miles Leonard was also on his way out. He he was not finding much time on the Miami Heat roster. But for the Miami Heat, they now have three of the oldest dudes in the NBA <laughs> in Trevor Reza, Andre Guadala, and Udanis Haslam. So, no, is you Haslam still on that still team? He's still on the roster. He is still what? on the roster. That can't be true. It's true. How? It's a fact. He is on the <laughs> roster. <laughs> You know what's funny about that is that I didn't even remember. I think a lot of people didn't remember that Trevor Ariza was on the Thunder roster. Yeah, I thought for some reason he was on waivers. Like, I just thought he just was, like, working out on his own. But, uh, yeah, it's like how they – I forgot that they traded for this guy in all the crazy stuff they're doing. But I think the, the biggest thing that we can take from any of these moves is that Ariza – has made history. He is now the most traded player in NBA history, having been traded 11 times in his career. Yeah, I mean... Five of those happening this year, I I was going to say that. I think the reason we forgot was because of the freaking roller coaster ride of trades he went through (laughs) over the summer. Like, he he was a king... uh, A rocket? A rocket, right. Uh, I think he was a blazer at some point. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that I think obviously, yeah, the, the guy that's been on the most teams within a 24 hour period too. Yeah. Trevor Reza. I wonder how, I wonder how this man feels like, is he like used to it now or does he feel like sad? Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. That is an interesting question to hear about from him, but you know, back to the Pistons trade, I will say this Diallo I think Diallo might be a nice player. Um, he's hurt right he's now. He's shown flashes, sure. And yeah. maybe we won't hear from him just because he's in Detroit. But it, I don't know. Maybe this could be a deal that plays dividends for this for this Pistons franchise a couple of years from now. Uh, I think he's a good yeah. player. I think they actually managed to get themselves a quality guard. Yeah, it's, it's definitely possible. It's interesting that the Thunder wanted to make this trade. I... I imagine it's just for that stupid second round pick in 2027. Yeah. I feel like Diallo is like a young guy. He can show promise. I don't really know why they wanted to get rid of him. Mm-hmm. Like, do you really think this 2027 second round pick is going to be better than him? That's a, that seems like a stretch to me. And yeah. I don't really get it. I, I don't know either. Uh, there's gotta be something or maybe nothing at all. Maybe it was just get the second round pick and, and see what we could package it up with in a couple years yeah. or something who knows uh but i think maybe this one's a bigger deal maybe bucks acquired mm-hmm. pj tucker runis kurkus does this how you pronounce this man's name <laughs> yeah i think it's rodion's kuruks kuruks and they're 22 2022 first round pick uh for dj augustine dj wilson 2023 first rounder and uh 2021 pick swap with the rockets uh bucks are also moving Tory craig to phoenix uh, but the big one here, obviously, is P.J. Tucker going to the Milwaukee Bucks. P.J. Tucker was done with the Rockets, wanted to move to a contender, and now he's in Milwaukee. Um, I mean, I think this is this is this is a nice deal for the Bucks. Is it a game changer? Maybe, maybe not. But I mean, the P.J. Tucker is a nice weapon to have in certain playoffs, certain playoff matchups. 
Uh, so it just depends on how they utilize him and, you know, where he fits in. But he's also a, a pretty damn strong corner three-point shooter. So the Bucks yeah. get another one of those. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it's definitely a big deal for P.J. Tucker. I mean, mm-hmm. he got what he wanted, right? He yeah. gets to actually compete for an NBA title this year, which is great for him. I mean, this, this is a guy who's not getting any younger, obviously. So big deal for him. I think the Bucks needed to do something to keep pace with the Sixers and the Nets. And this is probably the best they could do as far as like who was available on the trade market and who they needed to fill out their team. I think he'll fit pretty well with this team. Like you said, having just that guy, that's another spot up shooter, a great defender, really good energy guy. I mean, every team needs that. And I think PJ Tucker will be very good for them. It'll be interesting to see what kind of role he carves out for them there. I know they've been rolling with Bobby Portis and a lot of the backup big man minutes uh, off the bench. Uh, I'll see if PJ Tucker ends up taking a lot of those minutes from Bobby Portis uh, or if he just ends up taking it from the spare minutes they give to random bench players here and there. But for the Rockets, I think this is a very good move too because they actually ended up turning one first round pick into two in a sneaky way because they get instead of the 2022 pick, which they, that was the bucks original 2022 pick, right? They get their 2023 pick now, which is unprotected. So, I mean, I don't think it's still going to be that good because Giannis is still going to be there and whatnot, but the 2021 pick swap is actually the rockets have the right to swap their second round pick with the bucks first round pick this year which Ooh. is an interesting one. Yeah. Yeah, so they actually are going to they end up getting an extra first round pick in this year's draft, which is a very good draft from the Milwaukee Bucks who, I mean, maybe it's a it's a low 20s at best, probably around like 25, but it's still a good, another first round pick for the Rockets. I think it's a good move for them. Right, and especially extra insurance possibly in case if they don't get their top they don't get that top 4 protection kicked in mm-hmm. off for their own pick so right <laughs> but i mean otherwise they need to round out this roster with actual nba players and dj augustine is one of those so you say get a somewhat real backup yeah, point I mean, guard. I, I, is he even gonna play though i mean yeah i don't know I, I think they're fine rolling kevin porter jr out for 40 <laughs> minutes a game <laughs> that's true yeah yeah that's true he he has looked he has looked pretty well um looking ahead though we got we still got 10 more days until the trade deadline at this point, um, there's there's still names out there. I mean, Orlando Magic's got some names. Aaron Gordon, Terrence Ross, Michael Carter-Williams, Andre Drummond, LaMarcus Aldridge, uh, Kyle Lowry, Norman Powell, and uh, you noted Hornets' Devontae Graham, potentially also another another name, right, Sean, you're, you're thinking? Yeah. Well, I've heard rumblings about Devontae Graham just because of LaMelo Ball's ascendance. Right. You know, there's just, like, that was the... Question at the beginning of the year is like, oh, they already have Graham and Rogier. How's Lamelo gonna fit? It's now become, oh, they have Rogier and Ball. How's Graham gonna fit? Mm-hmm. And honestly, he doesn't. So he's on an expiring deal. There, he's going into restricted free agency actually. So I don't think they're gonna want to pay him. I don't think they see him as part of the future with a max contract for Lamelo looming in the future. So I think they might try to trade him. Uh, he has pretty good value, I feel, for for a contender. But yeah, I just I saw I'd throw that in there. I think he could be a moving piece. Yeah. Come the next week or so. I think the game changer pieces here is obviously like Andre Drummond. He is still an elite rebounder in this league. We've we've talked about mm-hmm. that numerous times. Kyle Lowry. I don't know if Aaron Gordon is a game changer. I think maybe in the right circumstances. 
in the right. We know he's capable of being a good player, though. Yeah, he's a good player, no doubt. Uh, I mean, again, like I think he could be a game changer. To me, the biggest team that stands out, I think Boston Celtics could use an Aaron Gordon on their roster. Mm. Oh, yeah. And definitely. I I think that would be, quote unquote, a potential game changer from them being a 500 team to actually realistically having a better shot at at a at the fourth or fifth seed by making a move for him. Uh, so that's, that's one I think could potentially happen. I mean, Andre mm-hmm. Drummond also makes sense to the Boston Celtics. <laughs> I just don't know if he's going to get traded at this point. Yeah, it's the buyout rough. market it's, is most likely for him at this point. Um, LaMarcus Aldridge is another interesting one. They're saying they're trying to find a trade. I don't know if they're going to find one, but I know there's a lot of people interested in adding him. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't want to give up anything for him. And, and I think a name that we missed on this list actually too is Harrison Barnes. Right. Harrison Kings, Barnes. Who's having a very good year for all the crap that I've given him in the past. <laughs> he's actually playing like a guy that earns the contract that he has right now, yeah. which is really cool to see. Finally, Harrison Barnes living up to his potential, but that that's a name that's been floated around in uh, Celtic circles, especially is if they try to use their trade exception on him. Yeah. I think, I think we, we kind of, um rail on harrison barnes a lot but i was thinking about this the other day but harrison barnes is an nba champion and uh oh he was on he was on one of the most successful teams in nba history so somehow he has fallen from grace and ended up in sacramento i mean he's still california but i think he could be a game he could potentially do some special things on on an actual team and uh and and yeah i mean i i will i think there would there are a lot of contenders that wouldn't mind having a a harrison barnes on their roster maybe the boston celtics do have it i mean that trade exception just really makes them the most eligible team to swing for the fences (laughs) or or the new york knicks with their cap space but i don't think they have the pieces to put together i don't think they really want harrison barnes either i think yeah if the knicks want somebody off this list is potentially andre drummond um but i also like andre drummond the most going to dallas i would love to see andre drummond Mm. in dallas uh paired up with luca and porzingis down there just keep him away from the nets please like i don't (laughs) need any more of that (laughs) do you think the lakers have a shot at drummond i don't think so it's we yeah. just don't have. Do you want him? I don't think we really want Andre Drummond. I think Lamarcus mm. Aldridge might be a better fit. Um, yeah, but I just, L.A. to L.A. Finally, <laughs> yeah, and which would be the most ironic thing because Lamarcus Aldridge in his current contract. I mean, not in his current contract, but obviously Lamarcus Aldridge was in the infamous Laker pitch with Mitch Kupchak <laughs> and gang, and totally didn't walk away with it out of it happy. So for yep. him to be back and be actually become a Laker would be pretty cool. I think he's the better yep. fit. I mean, I just don't think the Lakers really ha- can make the numbers work for Drummond. Or I'm not even sure if they can make the numbers work for LaMarcus Aldridge. Um, Probably not. Not yeah. unless they get bought out, yeah. yeah I think, it, yeah, the Lakers would only be buyers here if, if these guys get bought out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, I, ho- I hope we see some of these names move. Because I, I want to see a little bit of movement before we get too deep into the second half here. Like... This is what we live for, right? We yeah. live for these big moves. I want to see some big moves, man. Like PJ Tucker is not going to satiate my thirst for trades. <laughs> yeah, I mean, here's one for you, Sean. Like, I mean, that Marcus Morris contract can be can be packaged up for any of these for one who, of these guys. I mean, who are we gonna? <laughs> who's gonna take that? 
Who is going to take Marcus Morris or Luke Kennard's contract? I Please, anyone, I beg of you, please take our contracts. We are so dumb. <laughs> we'll give you a first-round pick or something. Just please help us rectify our mistakes. Yeah, I, I don't know if any of these guys would move. I mean, obviously, I think Drummond is nice. I think he can be an addition to the Clippers. I just don't. I How think about Zubak. We yeah, don't need. I, I think. I, I think the the guy on this list. I think we'd really like is Kyle, Kyle Lowry. Lowry. That's what I was gonna say. I mm-hmm. think it's the guard. You need. You need a guard out there. We, in we need a land. point guard. Point guard. Yeah, Patrick Beverly's been out for us, and who? I don't even know who started a point guard. Reggie Jackson. Oh yeah, God. Uh, Reggie Jackson's awful. Yeah, you guys need like yeah. a straight up <laughs> real, help. real point guard. We like, need a real point guard. We need a TJ McConnell. Yeah, TJ McConnell. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, you think you think the Pacers would give us TJ McConnell for Luke Kennard? I don't think so. No way. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Uh, anyways, moving on from there, hot teams, teams that are on fire right here. Sean, you you wrote this blurb here. You tell yeah. us who are the hot teams are. This so, is, this is your. I kind of cur- I kind of cursed it though because <laughs> I like t- going into Tuesday. All these teams were on a winning streak. The entire top six teams in the Eastern Conference were on a win streak of four or more. <laughs> Unfortunately, the Bucks played the Sixers tonight, so one of those two had to lose. And then the Hornets and the Heat both lost tonight also. But all six of those teams, so the Nets, the Sixers, the Bucks, the Heat, and the Hawks and the Hornets, they were all on win streaks of four or more before tonight, which is pretty crazy in my mind that all these teams would just be winning all at once. <laughs> and they're all the top seeds in the East now because of it. But I think the most surprising one for me, and I think for you, Alan, and probably most of the world, is the Atlanta Hawks. Yeah. The Atlanta Hawks are currently still on a six-game winning streak. And this is all under their new coach, their new head coach, Nate McMillan. After the firing of Lloyd Pierce, they have not lost a single game in March since that firing. and. Wow, it, it is crazy. It, I did not see this coming. I mean, this team looked like they were on their way to another lottery pick just weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And DeAndre Hunter wasn't back. And they didn't seem like Danilo Gallinari was going to do anything for them. Like, they're just going to be dead in the water. And the Hawks fans would be disappointed again. But now, you see the resurrection of Danilo Gallinari. This is a man averaging 19-6 and six on 51% field goals, 49% from three and a hundred percent from the free throw line for the month of March. I don't know what Nate McMillan's doing different with him, but it's working really well. (laughs) And this team's playing way better defense in the month of March too. They've held two teams in this win streak to under a hundred points, which is when you have Trey young on your team playing big minutes and you hold the team to under a hundred points. You're, you're a wizard. Yeah. I, I don't know what he's doing, but man, they are rolling and it is really cool to see them back in the hunt. Yeah. And this is all again, without Cam Reddish, Deandre Hunter mm-hmm. and Clint Capella too. Clint Capella put, right. put together yeah. some good gains for them a month ago. And, and he's just been out the last, the last, the last week and a half, I believe. And they're just rolling with this Collins, Gallinari and Trey young lineup. Uh, and they got bogged on back, but Really, it's the core of those three guys, Collins, Gallinari, and, and Trey Young, that really lead, been leading this team. It's crazy, man. I mean, this is just the Eastern <laughs> Conference, though. Like, the first half of this year was so bad from the fourth seed down that it it, it it just gave room for any of these teams to go on a hot streak and just jump a ridiculous amount of places in the standings in the Hawks. 
are the Hawks are clear evidence of that going from yeah like eleventh at one point although now they're at six uh, just behind right. the, the Charlotte Hornets by half a game um, and I mean Miami Heat are also on that same storyboard like mm-hmm. they were second to last at one point I believe in the Eastern Conference and now look now they're <laughs> yeah. in the fourth seed so Jimmy Butler man yeah. it's all Jimmy Butler I mean th- this dude has been playing MVP level basketball yep for the last month at least and obviously the really the only reason this team is where they're at and looking like a contending team again honestly like the heat are back and we called it honestly like we were talking about them a few weeks ago like are the heat gonna panic no no way they just got jimmy butler back they've been rolling yeah so yeah no concerns in miami they're right back right back where we want to see them exactly i don't i think the gap between them and third seed is probably too big but Honestly, staying in the fourth seed is still pretty damn good. Advantages for them. I don't, I think they're significantly better than any of these teams. Uh, unless any of them make mm-hmm. some crazy move. But we'll see about that. But sinking teams. I mean, we're going back to the Eastern Conference for this one. It's the <laughs> Toronto Raptors. Six in a row. Uh, this was a team that started off horrible as well. Climbed their way back. COVID hit. And it did not go well for them. Van Fleet, Siakam, OJ Anobi. Uh, even the coaching staff had to sit out for this one. We thought the all-star break would give them some relief, but they even lost these guys for a couple games after the break. Um, but they got the, they got the tr- most of the troops back today. Uh, still didn't weren't able to manage a win. <laughs> still didn't win. <laughs> but, you know, at least that's a light at the end of the tunnel, I guess. Yeah, I mean, but the other, on the other end of that, too, they lost to Detroit. Right. Yeah, yeah, so it's still very bad, and it it's just it's been a rough year for these Raptors, who they've they've been a really fun team to root for and a fun team to watch. And man, we're just seeing just the worst side of them this year. <laughs> it's really sad to see, and they do have streaks where it seems like they're gonna really figure it out and really get back into their groove and become that playoff contending team that we've seen them be in the last few years, and then. Like this, they're losers six in a row, and they find themselves towards the bottom and out of the play-in tournament even. Right. So Siakam's going to have to find his groove. I think Van Vliet, now that he's back in the lineup, I think he'll find his groove a little more, but we don't know how they're doing with their with their COVID symptoms. I mean, they were out the full amount of time, which should, I think means that they at least had symptoms for a good good period of that. And I think I even saw Van Fleet say a quote that was like, it was hard for him to like get back into the game. He still felt more fatigued than he felt like he should have. So you've seen a little bit of an effect there already. Kind of like what we saw with Jason Tatum um, yeah. when he had it. Yeah, exactly. And as I was telling you, I watched this Raptors Pistons game and Siakam looked out of shape. <laughs> he looked exhausted <laughs> yeah. at the end of every time. I mean, most guys do. Obviously, it's a tough game, but uh, just, just really more than usual. He really looked like he had was totally just going through the motions at times, not really aggressively going for rebounds and totally going short on his shots most of the time. But we'll see. We'll see what the tread deadline holds for these guys. How about the Clippers here, Sean? You put them on this list. You put your guys on this list. Lost five of the last seven, including a loss (laughs) tonight against Dallas, a, a pretty hefty one as well. Yeah, didn't even get 90 points tonight against the Mavericks, which is the second time that they've done that to us this year. But at least we didn't lose by 50 this time. (laughs) That's right, the infamous 50-game loss. (laughs) I forgot that happened. That was, yeah, very beginning of the year. Absolutely miserable. But 
the Clippers have been very inconsistent as of late and more so on the bad side than the good. They've lost five of their last seven and they have games where they look like they're zoned in playing great basketball. And then the next game they come out, they'll, they'll lose by 20 points or lose by 15 points. And you're, and you're like, what the heck? I thought this was supposed to be like a championship contending team. And you even hear Kawhi Leonard coming out and, and saying like, we have to be more consistent we can't rely on on Pat Beverly to be our energy source. Like we we as a team need to come together and and when we're in the game and the other team makes a run, we have to respond. And, and that's just a thing. Like the Clippers have not been able to respond when teams make runs on them. They just seem to like get down on themselves. They start arguing with the refs a lot. And I saw that's what a lot of what I saw with the Mavericks game tonight is that like Paul George just get really heated at the refs. And Reggie Jackson will just start playing isolation ball when he's Reggie Jackson and he should never do that ever. <laughs> and it's just, yeah, it just doesn't seem like there's just a lot of congruency with these guys and, and how they're supposed to play together. And it just kind of seems like at times that they just are kind of doing their own thing. And it's a lot of what we saw what failed with them when Doc Rivers was coaching last year. And it seems like Ty Lu is starting to repeat a lot of those mistakes. So for them, I, yeah, I do think that they're going to look to the trade deadline to try to make a move for to get a point guard because if you can't keep Pat Beverly in the lineup, you need somebody there at point guard. But it really just comes, comes down to attitude in the locker room too. I think I think these guys just don't have chemistry. Mm-hmm. I think it's just really hard for them to get out of a rut because of it, and they, they need good coaching to get through it, and they need, they need to do something. They need to have like a team sleepover or something because this is just... Uh, I don't know. It just doesn't seem like they work. And it's like, you got Marcus Morris on a, on a terrible deal. You don't even play Luke Kennard. Like, why'd you pay these guys? It's just nothing. Nothing makes sense with this roster right now. Yeah. And you got Lou Williams just completely looking like a different player. It seems like his career is starting to regress. Or it seems like he just cannot yeah. be successful in the lineup if Paul George and Kawhi are there. It seems like when Paul George was out of the lineup those few weeks, all of a sudden Lou Williams was torching the basket but yeah he was doing great yeah and then all of a sudden it's like night and day once those two guys are back in the lineup who knows what's going on with him yeah it's like we're holding on to the four (laughs) seed but the nuggets are climbing they're only a game behind us right now in the standings so the clippers might be looking at a an away game Mm -hmm. for their first for their first round matchup if they don't shape up yeah it'll be a a tough one too if it's against Denver. Yeah, if it's against Denver, the arch nemesis, the guys that knocked you out last year, <laughs> that's a nightmare scenario for the Clippers. They cannot stay in the four seed. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but you know, changing gears, best performance. We'll spin a little positivity into this. Damian Leonard. Here we go. Ridiculous lineup in this win against the Pelicans. Thirteen for 20, 50, 50 points, six assists, ten rebounds. 18 for 18 for the free throw line. I mean, when we talk about the Pelicans totally blowing it, they totally blew it, (laughs) but it was Damian Leonard that at least got this team in a position to take advantage of the blown tires that the Pelicans did on themselves. Like, Oh, what a, what a sick (laughs) performance from Damon. I mean, dude, this guy is just hanging in, hanging in there every night to keep this Portland trailblazers afloat. And I mean, they're in the sixth seed and it was very easy to count them out when Nurkic and CJ went down early in the season, but they're coming back and now they actually have a shot to continue to stay in that spot or, or maybe jump a couple more. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, they'll, they'll firmly be in the playoffs for sure. And 
I have to think they're going to be five or six seed at the end mm-hmm. of the year. But yeah, this was just such a good performance. I mean, if you missed it, you should definitely go and watch the post game interview that Damian Lillard had after this. Did you get to did you I, get a chance to see that? I didn't get to see that. I saw the game, but I did it not was, get to see the post game. Yeah, it was a really good interview. You know, a lot of those are just generic and boring. And it's like, how'd you win? Oh, we just wanted it more. Yeah. Like, you know, just God, God, do what you got to do. Team came together. But the the answers he gave were very thoughtful. And, and like, there's no like one quote to take from it because the whole thing was just great. You just have to to watch it and you have to listen to it to really get the full effect of it. it he, You can just tell like how much this game means to Damian Lillard, how much he pours into it. And it just shows his body of work and how good of a role model he can be for the next generation of basketball players. Like if they copy Damian Lillard, they will be very successful because this, this man has things figured out. Yeah. I, I, I think you've convinced me, Sean, you are, you already sold me on this Damian Lillard interview, <laughs> but I have no doubt. I mean, this dude obviously loves the game and is playing it at such a high level and, uh, you know, consistently the dude who is in the conversation for top point guard in the league. It, it, I mean, it just kind of sucks that he's playing in an era where we have so many amazing point guards. Uh, mm-hmm. But, dude, night in, night out, 50 points, ridiculous. And I'm sure we'll Oof. do it again. I fully expect oh, to see no a stat doubt. line like no this doubt. again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but on the other side, we got to put this guy here because Norman Powell, mm-hmm. man, we... I don't know Oof. if we've ever put him on this list, but this dude is yeah, just having he's a crazy year. He definitely deserved it, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He has had a crazy year, and he came out. I mean, the troops were back, so you would think Norman Powell would have minutes cut and, and shot attempts, but the dude did what he needed with what he had in 43 points, 14 for 18 from the field, 8 for 12 from wow. 3 to keep the Raptors within the game against the Pistons, but it wasn't enough, but still like enough to make this list. So shout out to Norman Powell with this ridiculous lineup line. Yeah. Norman Powell is having a hell of a season. This dude is shooting like crazy. Mm-hmm. Like he should have been in the three. Was he not in three point contest? He was not in there. He, he should have been in the three point contest, but yeah, it, it is. I, I did not know that he could become this good of a shooter consistently. Like he's been doing this for months now. And Man, the Raptors have a good one. It'll be interesting to see what they do with him. It's like, th- like <laughs> it's just hard for me to believe that Norman Powell can be this good. Yeah, so it is. For me, I'm like, man, should I? I would. I, I'd have to sell him high if I was the Toronto GM. But yeah, it's 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 so polarizing right now. It's like Norman Powell, like Norman <laughs> Powell, really. But he's been very good, like you said. Like he's deserved to be on our best performances in, in previous weeks, but. I mean, there's obviously a lot of good performances to go through, but this, yeah, this is a good highlight right here. Yeah, quick thing. I, I, There's always guys like Norman Powell that just kind of come out of nowhere, and you're like, wow, this guy's been around for a while, but now he's breaking out of nowhere. He's a yeah. second-round pick. He was the 46th mm-hmm. pick in 2015. Wow. So, I mean, this dude's just coming out, you know, year seven in his NBA career, I believe he's in now, and just totally resurrecting. So, that whole notion that at year seven, you're not really seeing a guy, you know, make a night and day tra- type improvement. I think guys like Norman Powell and Julius Randle this year are totally breaking that, that frame of thought right now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But a dude that we've known has been good since year two is James Harden <laughs> on this list, 40 points, 15 assists, 10 rebounds and big win against Indiana with no Kyrie or Kevin Durant. Again, like 
I think if James Harden just puts together a couple more of these performances the next couple of weeks, the Nets are probably good to go and just go to the playoffs. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> James Harden has just in a weird way and nobody's really mentioning it has just sneak might be sneaking his way into MVP conversations for sure. Like as a true mm-hmm. candidate, like this is crazy. This is a pretty good stat line and he's been oh, doing yeah. it night in and night out. <laughs> Not exactly this, but close to that. Yeah. And Another stat that I saw is he, he's very close to getting the triple double record in a season for a Brooklyn Nets player. Nice. And he hasn't even played like 20 games for him. Yeah. You know, it's just crazy. Um, but yeah, this is just this is just the Harden we're, we're used to seeing, right? Like he put up stat lines like this all the time in Houston. So it's no big deal for him. But I mean, he's just doing it, man. <laughs> he's just doing it. This is, yeah, he's just killing it out there. And yeah, like, like I think I was gonna mention it too. Like MVP conversation for sure. Mm-hmm. I I don't think he wins it ultimately, but top five, I'd say so. Yeah, I think. Wow, frustrating to say, but the Houston stuff probably comes back and haunts him a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, he should definitely be in there. In terms of worst performances, this this <laughs> is man, this kind of sucks a little bit to put this name here. But Jamal Murray, man, it one does. for fourteen, three points in the win against the Grizzlies. Jamal Murray is totally just looks like a turtle in a shell <laughs> like he just kind of <laughs> i don't really know what's up with going on with him is does he have like an injury that not that he's not really just you know this closing that he's just kind of been dealing with maybe it's the michael porter jr emergence on the offensive mm-hmm. side that's kind of really hindered him i don't know you would think there'd be the shot attempts seem to be there the minutes seem to be there um but jamal murray's just really having a tough one right here Partly a big reason why the Denver Nuggets got off to such a slow start. But again, he's just kind of having night nights, good nights and bad nights throughout the year. And this was one of those bad yeah. nights. Yeah, we were seeing him turn it around for a little bit. But man, if you want to be a star in the league, you cannot have a night like this. Like LeBron does not have a night like this. I don't think LeBron's had less than 10 points in like a decade <laughs> or something stupid. So... Yeah, if you want to be great in this league, you cannot shoot one for 14. I'm sorry. Like, that is inexcusable. Like, even Donovan Mitchell shoots, like, seven for 21, you know? Yeah. It's like, he does. He is very inconsistent himself, but at least he's, like, getting buckets still. Like, you got one bucket, Jamal Murray. Come on, man. At least Step get to the up. free throw line. Yeah, get to the free throw line. You only have three points total. It's like if you're if you go one for fourteen, you have to at least go to the line ten times to at least get double digits. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, on the other side here, it's just a fun one. Ken Bazemore over five zero <laughs> points, two rebounds, two turnovers, and that big loss against the Lakers. <laughs> wow, Kent Bazemore. Yeah, Kent Bazemore. <laughs> Man, remember when the Lakers were gonna sign this guy to like a four year, eighty million dollar deal? Well. Dodged bullet, man. That yeah, <laughs> I forgot this guy was even on the Warriors. He's um, <laughs> I feel like he's been on this roster for a while, and he just kind of pops his head out whenever the Warriors are just injury riddled. Yeah. Well, he was on the he was on the Hawks for a little bit. Oh, that's where he, he was. was actually he was actually playing okay for them. But yeah, man. His career is is really hit a wall right now. Well, he's still living the dream, an NBA player, you know. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. He gets to put up shots in the NBA. They're not going in, but they're shots. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So final thoughts here to close the the podcast up. Tankathon is starting. You know, we talked about Mm. 
the play in game mania. We also got Tankathon starting and uh the big <laughs> two contestants right here. The big two, the big two players are the Timberwolves and Detroit Pistons. Honorable mention, probably the the Rockets. But here's something that I completely mm. forgot about about the Timberwolves is they currently have the worst record with a 40% chance of keeping their number one pick because outside of that 40%, <laughs> that pick goes to the Warriors. If it's a number oh, no. four pick or a number five pick, it goes to the freaking oh, no. Warriors. <laughs> Not again. It's a whole part of the D'Angelo Russell package. Uh, so somehow the, the Warriors could come out here winning the lottery and come out with this pick. And the Timberwolves obviously are desperately going to try to lose games to keep that pick because if they if they if it if it doesn't land within the protections and it goes unprotected next year uh so the timberwolves definitely want this to go top three and, and fall into their hands and the other team is the troy pistons close second to the timberwolves in terms of worst team in the league and they're hoping for a top three pick and a chance at kate cunningham because they probably want to redo after picking killian hayes <laughs> over Tyrese Halliburton. Man, Killian Hayes has, has only played a handful of games. Meanwhile, Tyrese Halliburton is, you know, second to LaMelo Ball, but LaMelo Ball is play, having an absurd rookie year. So Tyrese yeah. Halliburton is still a nice, nice piece they could have had on their roster. Yeah, Killian Hayes, I mean, he There's got hurt. Hope. So he, he could still be good. But yeah, I think... Yeah, that that Cade Cunningham would be a very big come up for them. But honestly, any, any top three pick in this draft would be great for the Pistons. But yeah, the number number one would be nice. But I, out of these two, I I, I got to think the Timberwolves are, are gonna keep that that best odds, I should say. Because I mean, the Pistons won a game tonight. Yeah. What are they doing? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yeah, I think the Timberwolves definitely have a little bit more fire a reason to lose um but you know we'll we'll start our countdown in our in our tankathon rankings probably next week and we'll keep an eye on these teams yeah um, yeah i love it yeah so <laughs> sad but fun <laughs> thanks everybody for tuning in don't forget to subscribe and you know like us on facebook and tune tune in week in and week out yes sir have a good week everyone